Part 4, Chapter 8 We Must Resist Small Temptations While we must resist great temptations with unconquerable courage, and while the victory we gain over them is in the highest degree helpful to us, it may be we will profit more by resisting small temptations. Although great temptations exceed in quality, small ones immeasurably exceed in number, so that victory over them may be comparable to that gained over greater temptations. Wolves and bears are certainly more dangerous than flies, but don't give us as much trouble or try our patience as much. It is easy enough to refrain from murder, but it is extremely difficult to restrain all the little angry feelings for which occasions are offered at every moment. It is easy enough for a man or woman to refrain from adultery, but it is not so easy to guard one's glances, refrain from giving or taking signs of love, procuring gifts or little favors, or speaking or listening to flattering words. It is easy enough not to admit a rival of husband or wife as to the body, but not so easy not to admit one as to the heart. It is easy enough to refrain from defiling the marriage bed, but it is difficult to refrain from everything that may be harmful to conjugal affection. It is easy enough not to steal our neighbor's property, but it is difficult not to desire and covet it. It is easy enough not to bear false witness in court, but it is difficult not to lie in conversation. It is easy enough to refrain from drunkenness, but it is difficult to maintain sobriety. It is easy enough not to desire another man's death, but it is difficult not to desire something harmful to him. It is easy enough to abstain from slandering a man, but it is difficult not to despise him. In a word, these little temptations to anger, suspicion, jealousy, envy, fond love, frivolity, vanity, affection, craftiness, and evil thoughts continually attack even the most devout and resolute. For this reason, my dear Philothea, we must carefully prepare ourselves for such combat. Let us rest assured that for as many victories as we gain over these trifling enemies, so many precious stones will be added to the crown of glory that God prepares for us in paradise. Therefore I say that while being always ready to fight well and valiantly against great temptations if they come, we must, in the meantime, diligently defend ourselves against attacks that seem small and weak. Part 4, Chapter 9 Remedies to be taken against small temptations Now then, as to these smaller temptations to vanity, suspicion, impatience, jealousy, envy, foolish love, and such like deceptive things, which, like flies and gnats, continually hover before our eyes and sometimes sting our cheeks or nose, since it is impossible to be completely free from being plagued by them, our best defense is not to disturb ourselves too much over them. They may annoy us, but they can never harm us as long as we remain firmly resolved to serve God. Despise these petty assaults and do not deign even to think of what they propose. Let them buzz about your ears as much as they like and flit around you on every side like flies. When they try to sting you, and you see that they somehow light on your heart, be content with quietly removing them. Don't do this by struggling or disputing with the temptations, but by performing some actions of a contrary character, especially acts of love of God. 
If you follow my advice, you will not persist in opposing the temptation with the contrary virtue. This would be to dispute with it. But after performing an act of that directly contrary virtue, then if you have time to observe the nature of the temptation, turn your heart gently toward Jesus Christ crucified and lovingly kiss his sacred feet. This is the best way to overcome the enemy in small as well as in great temptations as the love of God contains within itself every perfection of every virtue, and more excellently than the virtues themselves, so also it is the sovereign antidote against vice of every kind. By accustoming your mind at such times to turn to this remedy, you do not need even to consider and examine the kind of temptation by which it has been disturbed. At the bare perception of trouble, this great remedy will set your mind at rest. Moreover, this is so terrifying to the evil spirit that as soon as he sees that his temptations urge us on to God's love, he ceases to tempt us. Let this suffice with respect to these little ordinary temptations. The man who would strive against them one by one would give himself great trouble and accomplish nothing. Part 4, Chapter 10 How to Strengthen Our Heart Against Temptation Consider from time to time which passions are most predominant in your soul. When you have discovered them, adopt a way of life that will be completely opposed to them in thought, word, and action. For example, if you find that you are inclined to the passion of vanity, reflect often on the miseries of human life. Think of the dismay that these vain deeds will raise in your conscience on the day of your death, of how unworthy they are of a generous heart, how they are nothing more than the toys and games of little children and similar things. Speak out often against vanity, and no matter what repugnance you feel, do not cease to despise it. By such means, you will stake your reputation on the opposite side. If we denounce a thing, we bring ourselves to hate it, although previously we may have had great affection for it. Perform as many works of abjection and humility as possible, even though they may be done very reluctantly. By this means you accustom yourself to humility and wear down vanity, so that when temptation comes, you will be less inclined to consent and have greater strength to resist it. If you are inclined to avarice, think often about how foolish a sin is that makes us slaves of what was only made to serve us. Remember that at death we must give it all up and leave it in the hands of someone who may squander it or to whom it may be a cause of ruin and damnation and have similar thoughts. Speak clearly against avarice. Have great praise for contempt of this world. Force yourself to give alms generously and to perform acts of charity and pass up chances to make profits. If you are inclined to give or accept fond love, think often about how dangerous such amusement is both to yourself and to others, about what a degrading thing it is to profane and use as an idle pastime the noblest affection our souls can have, and about how greatly such extreme frivolity of mind deserves to be condemned. Speak often in praise of purity and simplicity of heart, and as far as possible, by avoiding all affectations and flirtations, always make your deeds conform to your words. In short, in time of peace, that is, when not bothered by temptations to a sin you are prone to, perform many acts of the contrary virtue, and if occasions to do so do not present themselves, seek them out. By such means, you will strengthen your heart against future temptations. <laughs>